This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey guys, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. I've got Bill Manacero, who's the founder of Old Dogs REI Network, a real estate investing blog and podcast for 50 age people and over. At 60, Bill retired from the mission field in Haiti and with limited resources, set a goal to own 1,000 units by the year 2020. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, Lane. How are you doing today? Good. And I am in my closet because there's a lot of clothes here and it helps damper the vibrations and the sound. And I believe you are also in the closet. I'm also in the closet, too. Maybe you know, at the end of this broadcast, we'll come out of the closet. I don't right. know. But... Eventually, you've got to go. <laughs> but you are in Indianapolis doing an undercover sting on one of your your units. You got it. You got it. What's and, the... Uh, What's the game plan there? It's called stealth tenant marketing, and um, what I'm doing is I'm just I'm moving in. I have a I had a pretty aggressive plan, a, a property, 22 unit I purchased out here, and a uh, number of different factors happened that we the rehab didn't go fast enough, and we didn't do the tenant turnover fast enough. So I'm here to accelerate the whole process. Um, you know, the rehabs are real close to finish in terms of the the empty units. We're we're only uh, rehabbing them as they become av- available, and and I'm just speeding that process up, and I'm just like aggressively going after you know top level tenants to uh, to bring into this. So so I'm like networking, I'm doing all kinds of advertising, everything. I'm just like you know in this total stealth mode here because I'm not leaving until I get up to ninety percent occupancy. When you're out of there, you can pay people with the camera pens to go and spy on your property. <laughs> well, it's I'll tell you, it's true. I, I learned a lot. I didn't, you know, I stayed in the hotel the first couple of days, and I said, no, nah, I've got these empty units. I'm going to go in the empty unit. I'm going to stay in one of those. I want to see what it's like there. And, uh, man, I've had, I mean, I, last night, uh, I call the police for gunshots next door. And, and then uh, we had uh, just a whole series of kind of events. Every night, there's something new. And, I mean, it's not, it's not like a total, we're not in the hood. But it's a neighborhood in transition, and uh, and so uh, you know part of what we're trying to do here is just establish ground rules for our unit, and then um, you know try to get make friends with cops in the area that can come and hang out, you know have a little room where they can come to get donuts or do the reports or whatever, and uh, just try to change change the neighborhood, you know, kind of one day at a time. So you ready to head into these questions? You bet, as well as I can be right now. You're prepared more than most. So the first question, how much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how you're doing it? I am I'm basically covering our expenses. You know, I'm retired and uh, so I'm, I'm doing this. It, it doesn't feel like I'm retired because I do this every day, but it's, you know, we're, our expenses aren't that crazy right now, but uh, I'm not having trouble covering expenses as long as I've got, you know, the cash flow at a certain level, as long as occupancies are like 80%. But, you know, with the one sort of down unit here, it's really impacted that. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's one one of the, the issues with with rentals too is that you know you've you've got to keep those numbers up and you you, really, you know there's always going to be times where things dip and so forth but when you're rehabbing and doing uh, repositioning it 
can affect that even more so. So right now, I'm saying I'm making expenses, but it's not where I want to be. I would say, you know, the 10 grand, 20 grand is probably going to be more of a comfort zone than, you know, what we're doing right now. Kind of go over your background. You haven't, you haven't been doing this for very long. I mean, you did the W-2 job. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you started doing real estate. Probably first 20 years of business. I started sort of in the financial services industry. I worked on the corporate side for a number of years um, in financial services. Did that, um, uh, started my own consulting firm, uh, marketing. It started off as a marketing consulting firm and it was, it grew into a full blown advertising public relations firm. You know, sold that. And I went into another sort of entrepreneurial venture. And then I, you know, actually got involved with the whole dot com world. I was very involved in, in uh, a lot of sort of software startups in, gosh, I guess that'd be like the late nineties or whatever. And then when the internet came in, uh, we did a lot of venture capital work with internets and so forth. Then I ended up getting hired by one of the internet companies, Meg Whitman was starting and, uh, yeah, it was like riding the curve like everybody else and, uh, you know, kind of watching my stock options just, just growing and growing and growing and, and then the bubble burst. <laughs> and, you know, all this, uh, you know, hard work just was for nothing. And so, you know, a lot of things happened in my life, a lot of changes in my life. I ended up going into the mission field and we ended up in Haiti and uh, me and my family and uh, we were there for 11 years. And that's where I was when I was started looking at, well, you know, I'm, I'm approaching retirement age. I'm going to have to do something. You know, I've been living and this on. This is the point, the Han Solo moment where you uh, take a pivot point. You got it. Yeah, this was I mean, this is really it. You know, I'd, I'd been there and done that. I worked a long time and 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 Haiti was a, a great I mean, a beautiful adventure. I loved it. Hated to leave. But. You know, it just, it definitely is a trying experience. And, you know, as you get a little bit up there in the years, it gets even more difficult. And uh, in Haiti, we battled. I, I had dengue fever and malaria. We had kidnapping attempts. We had hurricanes. We had earthquakes. I mean, went through all kinds of things. So it was pretty intense. Even my wife even had cancer when we were there. And uh, so, you know, after kind of getting through all that, I was realizing, I think it's time, you know, we slow down and, uh, you know, we had our, our ministry set up so that other people could run it and we just uh, headed back to the States. So before I went, though, I, you know, I, I basically said, gee, you know, I, I, what am I going to do? I'm retired. I really don't have like this retirement fund and so forth. I had a little money saved, but not a lot. And I started looking at ways to survive Start, and I started looking at online businesses and online businesses, you know, are real intriguing and some people are doing great in that field and I, I tried it out while I was in Haiti and I was actually making money I'm going this is pretty cool and then I got kicked off of eBay and, uh, and that, that was like my whole my whole model was based on eBay and you, once you get kicked off you can't get back on it wasn't I like I got was, kicked off of Amazon I've been banned from Amazon for like no way. 15 years <laughs> yeah it was like I, I didn't even do anything real bad it was just that you know you get into this like these modes where you're ordering things from people and they're supposed to be supplying and then when you do, when they don't come in, you have to go to the person that bought it and say, "Well, we're, we're out of stock." And I guess if you get enough complaints, they just kick you off, and that's kind of what happened. So, so that that model didn't look real good. Plus, it felt too much like a full time job. I ended up getting this inheritance check, and um, I was thinking in terms of investments. Well, maybe I should just put it in with my investment portfolio, or what have you. But I just the market was 
yeah, I just wasn't feeling real good about the market. So I just looked at real estate and said, well, I mean, this is a better place. There's tax advantages and so forth. And so I just, I was in Haiti. I, I did a lot of research, looked at key markets that I, I thought would be good and promising, hopped on a plane. A week later, I came back from the States uh, with three properties in uh, Memphis and Atlanta. So th- that was just something I did as sort of an investment. But at, as I'm kind of pondering all this other retirement stuff, I said, well, gee, you know, these investments are providing a nice little income. You know, if I could just leverage that, then, you know, then we that would be our retirement. And that's really kind of my Han Solo moment there is, you know, is, uh, wow, you know, this is, if this is working so well with just a few properties, you know, how would it be, you know, with more? And so what I did is I, I started calculating, like you were asked me earlier, you know, so what, what do I need to survive? And on top of that, my, you know, I have a real commitment to Haiti and what we're doing in Haiti. And so I, I factored that into it as well. And I said, this is it. You know, if I get a thousand units that I'll be set, that, that'll be, that'll take care of us, uh, you know, my kids, my grandkids, and it'll also be a, a means to support what we're doing in Haiti. I just wanted to point out that one thing. So you bought these three turnkey properties, kind of like how I did I started with the turnkey stuff and I always tell people you know they meet up for lunch or whatever coffee or throw frisbee with me and they always tell them just buy one property because once you see this thing working you'll be like wow this stuff like actually works and you're going to see how the mousetrap works and you're going to want to buy more and more and more and more that that's just a pretty amazing thing if you're kind of sitting on the fence just buy something it may break even but the amount of motivation you'll get to stop spending your money on stupid things and putting it into real estate is what's going to happen that's the real gain out of it yeah i think that's great advice and 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 that's the hardest part for most people is taking that first step and uh for me i, I you know i i almost kind of did it as just as you i would have put a check in the bank or something you know i mean i, I didn't really think about it a lot i mean i, I did look at the market because I wanted to buy right, but I, I, I didn't think of it as, you know, something I was going to continue, you know, or have to do very much on. And then, yeah, yeah, it definitely does. You, there's a lot of learning that happens with those first properties. And it's, it's a, I think that's really where the education starts. You know, a lot of people read tons of books. They go to the seminars and they get the consultants and all that stuff. You really, I think you start learning the second you sign those escrow papers because there's so much goes in, in that first property that, that really does educate you. Talk about the semi-2010 rule. The 10% is learning from books, 20% is from peers, and 70% is actually doing it. You're right. You're right. That's where the learning really starts. What's your worst business or life moment, and what did you do after, and what was your lesson learned? <laughs> Deep question. Yeah, that is that is a really, really a tough one. Uh, I, I think, gosh, you know, I, I'm in business, you know, I think the, th- the things that hit me the most, and, and I have to kind of go back to the corporate life, you know, was being uh, fired or laid off, you know, uh, that nothing is worse than, you know, being called in, especially when there's a big layoff and, you know, you're seeing all these other guys, you know, walking out with their box, you know, of, <laughs> it's like their life, you know, from their desk and, and you're going, no, they're not going to call my name. They're not going to call my name. And when they do, and you're walking out with this box of stuff, you know, and, uh, and you're going, you know, wh- wh- you know, you just, you just feel like, ah, this, this, it like hurts, you know, and that, and it was one of those moments that actually prompted me to, to start my own first, my consulting business. Um, and so that I've had a number of those incidents over my life, you know, and I think that those are the things that kind of, you know, motivate you. I talk to so many people all the time and uh, people that are looking at getting involved in real estate and those that are. And, 
it's always those kind of moments that seem to really the motivation you needed. You know, <laughs> okay, I got my pink slip. I've got, you know, how much is this uh, severance pay going to last me? And boom, you know, you're you're starting a business or whatever. You know, I I mean, I, I would probably say those are the things that hit me. I mean, the, the layoffs are always like, ah, that's, that's a real tough time. How many times do you recall being in that situation? Well, in the corp, you know, corporate world, it was like two major ones. And uh, so that was and then when I was an entrepreneur, I had uh, similar experiences, too. I, I was involved with, uh, you know, I had my own business going and then I, I sort of got involved with a client that kind of used more of our resources than I probably should have allocated. And uh, we kind of carried this client for a while. And then things went sour with that client, and it was kind of like a house of cards. And so I'm trying to keep my business afloat at the same time, trying to make up for, you know, because I was just moving too fast. And it was, that was like my, you know, I was kind of a new entrepreneur. So I, I learned a lot from that process too. So, you know, and you learn that and you make mistakes. And even with real estate, as I've gotten into it, yeah, I've, I have my moments and I go, gee, you know, if I only would have done this, boy, I mean, I learned from it and I'm, so ready for the next time that something that situation will come up you you actually do i think make yourself a a much better um investor when you do go through those times right i wouldn't want to work with someone who hasn't made mistakes yeah yeah i think that's kind of scary actually so next question here is a mark of a high performer is to put your ego aside and accept the help of others and mastermind with other folks i know bill if you listen to podcasts but it drives me crazy when you hear these bios of these guys with twenty thousand units i mean it's like well i mean i can really identify with those people and i'm i'm kind of a newer guy here too and i'm just yourself just hustling and making it work what is uh what is something that you've been working on these last couple of weeks, you know, show people that, you know, you're just a regular dude and you're kind of working the same things they are. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, this, this property that I'm working on, this 22 unit, um, it's a trying to reposition and repositioning can be challenging at best because sometimes you're going against the market as it exists currently. So what you're trying to do, and, and at least what I'm trying to do in this situation is we're trying to upgrade our product, our asset there to a higher level than I would say 50% of the the other, maybe 60%, maybe 70% of the other products out there. There's, we're sort of in the line of progress. You know, we're between a kind of emerging area that is is doing really well. It's a strong area. Yeah, home values are going up, a lot of good things. There's development and it's coming closer and closer to where we are. Now, on the other side of us, uh, sort of downtown, and then there's a redevelopment uh, effort that's going on there. So we're kind of positioned between these two. And so what we're trying to do is position ourselves and in that uh, be an influence in the community. Now, I'm also looking at buying other uh, buildings in, in the community as well. So I can do the same thing with those. But you get a, a few of these really good properties and you can start to, you know, start to influence the community in a positive way. That's kind of that's what I'm in the midst of doing, you know, and I'm doing it like one tenant at a time you know, one door at a time. And not only that, but I'm also uh, getting very involved in the community. And that's part of my stealth marketing here is I'm, I'm talking to movers and shakers in the community and letting them know that we're here, letting them know what we're doing, sharing our, our business plan with them and uh, trying to get people on board, maybe other property owners in the area as well to uh, say, hey, you know, I, I want to do that. I want to upgrade my, uh, you know, my building, my, you know, my tenants and so forth, and try to be encourage others to be more proactive. 
and it's 22 unit are you doing it on your own um yeah i have no i have no partners on it i'm i'm um you know it, it was a i leveraged other properties i had to purchase this one and i am basically alone on this thing and now i've got a you know a team here on the ground i've got a you know a great a great attorney property manager um some folks that that are a part of that team with me but uh it is you know it's basically i'm the guy that's carrying the brunt so what's next on the deck? Are you going to syndicate and go big? My plan is is in six years to acquire 1,000 doors. And um, in order to do that, what I have to do is double the number of doors or units that I have each year. So, you know, I'm pretty much on track. I think I'm eight units away this year from where I need to be. And then uh, technically that would put me at uh, 32 or something like that. No, that's not that's not right. But I don't know. It's like thirty-eight or something. Well, I know you yeah. have a spreadsheet, and people can go onto your website and grab your spreadsheet. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, all I would have to do is get something like sixty units next year. But I'm really seeing uh, one thing that's really interesting is full force for multifamily now. It's really a hundred plus that you really see the the benefits, and that's really what I've done is I'm kind of jumping ahead in my schedule here, and I'm I'm just looking for a hundred plus at this point. And if I see a two hundred unit or whatever that's good, you know that's what I'm going to go for. But yeah, that's going to require partners. It's going to require uh, you know sponsors, syndication, what have you. I've heard that sixty units is kind of the point where you have an on-site property management, someone that their butt is in the seat that you can keep them accountable, as opposed to be spread out over a few properties. Right. It, it's exactly in this with with this unit. It's I mean with this uh, twenty-two unit, it's definitely below that. It doesn't make any sense to have that. So I, I kind of use people that are in the the property. We give them a little extra bonus and so forth. The you know people that can show units and so forth because the property management firm you know it's. It's about they're about 30 minutes away. They can't always get here when we need them and so forth. But I see a real drawback in that, and I've, I'm, and that's why I'm literally living in the unit right, in, you know, in one of the units right now that's available, and I am showing this place. If people want to come there at 12 o'clock at night, I'm available. <laughs> so I'm, you know, that that's part of the stealth tenant marketing. Just don't be too desperate, Bill. No, you know, no. kind of want it. You want them to want it too. Well, and I also want, you know, I I don't just want a, a body in here. I want somebody that's going to be a good tenant. I mean, you know, a, a very good tenant that, uh, you know, will be uh, somebody that will stay here for a while and also um, help set the tone here, too. And so and I'm in process, you know, I'm, those, some of the folks that are already here, you know, they're they're some are, are really nice and they'll, they'll be good long term tenants. And and then there's others that, you know, kind of fringe and, and stuff. So and that's part of being here, too, is learning the tenants, getting to know them. And, uh, you know, and that's and that's for passive investor. That's definitely taking a little chance, you know, so to speak. And but, uh, you know, I've learned so much. It's been invaluable. I would recommend anybody that, uh, you know, is a passive investor to go and live in one of your properties for a little while. And uh, man, it's just eye opening. Sounds like I need to put you on my team, Bill, because I don't want to do that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd love it. You'd love it. It's great. So what is your simple passive cash flow number? And then imagine you had two times it. Describe your ideal day, detailed routine, and what projects you'd be working on at that point. Probably the 20K a month. I, I think um, what I want to do is to truly be able to 
set these up and now this is a new property so it's requiring a lot more and I realize that newer properties will but the larger properties you, you have teams on the ground that are that live there that are or that uh, work there in the building so it wouldn't require as much of my interface but the idea is you know to get on the phone you know for uh, you know an hour a day or or whatever if I have to and uh, just keep checking in on the properties and be able to spend time with the people that I love. I got kids and grandkids and uh, we've got Haiti and, uh, you know, to be able to spend the time exercising you want to spend and, and do some things like that, uh, you know, and, and uh, I love to, you know, to spend time and reading God's word and, and time and prayer and stuff. And this, that I want that kind of freedom to be able to do that. And I've got kids in different parts of the country too. So if one of my kids need me, I, I can hop on a plane and, and go out there and hang out for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever if I have to, you know, to be able to set it up where it is very much self, self-sustaining. So once you've hit your, uh, you know, five to 10 years from now, once you've hit your thousand unit goal, are you still going to be picking up properties? And if so, what at what interval? Like once every couple of years or? No, you know, I, I mean, I say that and, and I don't know what that's going to look like yet. I don't want to, you know, be constantly looking for properties, you know, if I don't have to. But sometimes when you buy in, in emerging markets, which I do at this point, you know, there's there's sort of a peak. And if you don't sell at that time, the you know, the value may go down. Um, um, and, and you know, that happens with all real estate. So, I you know, I'm more interested in kind of buying and holding, you know, getting good properties that are going to be around for a long time and to be able to pass that on to my children and their children and, you know, to be able to have a legacy there that, that will be something that, uh, you know, that, that will just go from generation to generation. So um, that would be ideal. And, uh, but then, you know, once you get those, properties a lot of things happen especially if you've got investors involved too because um you know they're they're looking you know for their cash out on it and um and so i know some people that do that and what they'll do is they'll you know if as it reaches its peak you do sort of a cash out refi you pay people back and uh, and then you take over the property at that point and you know, that's another way sort of that Keeping you can a legacy asset yeah exactly so have you um you mentioned obviously giving the money to your family and grandkids. What about in terms of knowledge of this real estate stuff? Are they just you trying to pass that along or are they just not drinking the Kool-Aid too? You know, my uh, my kids are actually kind of intrigued with it and uh, uh my sons are are real interested. They're talking to me about it and they they're learning and and I have them work like part-time for me and and do calls and research and things like that. So they're getting uh, getting exposure now. I'm hoping that they're going to have uh, an interest to want to pursue because that's the only thing is you you're going to have to have some sort of a knowledge if you're going to be able to maintain it and uh you know be able to keep it going and deal with the issues as issues come up. Yeah, I'm working on it. And, if, you know, if everybody says, nah, I don't want anything to do with it, yeah, that that could change things. And I'll just sell them all and then put the money in a trust account and everybody will deal with that <laughs> or something. A charitable remainder trust? <laughs> Give it all away? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> something that you have uh, recently thought about burning your cash on for a time savings or improvement of quality of life. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, I actually thought would be a kick is really is, uh, you know, there's just certain places that we love to go away to. And, uh, you know, like up in the mountains, for example, and I've always toyed with the idea of getting a you know cabin up there that could just be nice size cabin where you can have all the kids and the grandkids and everybody come up and especially when it snows and to be able to go up there and just hang out and but 
you know, unless I'm going to live there, which, you know, might be fun too. You know, I would, uh, you know, sort of set it up as a, you know, sort of a vacation income property. I don't know if I'd want an Airbnb and have people constantly there, but, you know, be able to rent it out maybe when we're not using it, you know, something like that where you can, you can really escape. And, you know, I prefer not, you know, the, none of the, ele- you know, electronics and all that other stuff, you know, to really just be able to enjoy the outdoors, uh, you know, bring the guitar and just kind of hang out and, you know, play music under the, trees and stuff like that you know there's a bunch of those kind of places up here in the mountains that people will rent out they only rent it for like a few days out of the month yeah i mean you can block it if you own it you know you can block it out and and i know folks that do this and uh you know i just i just don't want to have to play the airbnb marketing game you know that's that's the that's kind of crazy because you know you you have these like periods where there's rentals are kind of slow and so some people get on facebook and they're you know then they're adjusting the rate and stuff like yeah i wouldn't want to have to mess with that i just kind of have a fixed fixed rate and you you get regular people that come back and and you know maybe then those would be the ones that would uh, rent it from you and so forth Right. I'm, yeah, I'm not a fan of the whole short-term thing. Everybody sees it, and that's what all the unsophisticated investors are going after. After you figure out all your costs and your taxes, I mean, you're better off doing long-term real estate investments like how we do and not have all the headaches. Right, right. I know. That's And that's getting to that point is really where – and it maybe, maybe it would take – at a thousand units, maybe I would there would be an office somewhere, and I would have a you know a COO there that's really managing things or what have you, and uh, you know I just kind of check in like the chairman of the board or something, and I won't have to I won't have to be actively involved, but I really you know I'm working towards moving to that just almost as passive as you can get on that. Uh, last question here, uh, Tony Robbins identifies two large concepts that are continually struggling to gain perfection. In. The first is the art of fulfillment and the second is science of achievement. So if you die tomorrow and your final words of wisdom, what would be your secret to science of achievement? How do you get what, what you want out of life? How do you achieve things? Spent a big chunk of my life, you know, I, I, most of that's in, on faith, you know, and I went to Haiti, for example, and, and had absolutely no clue, you know, what I was doing. I, you know, we opened up a, a boys' home, a girls' home, a uh, vocational training, like business incubator center where, where kids learn in real businesses how to actually uh, run a business. And we uh, had a medical clinic, a school, all these different things. I had no idea. I'd never started any of those things in the past. And I, I literally did go there on faith. And I, you know, I, it's, I, I, just, I think God just does much, so much better at these things than we do. And, and I just <laughs> trusted in him. And for 11 years, I mean, I came over there with this business background. And I literally used to look at my budgets and I'd say, we're not going to survive three months. There's no way we're going to survive. And we, you know, we went on to just grow this organization and, and some neat things happened. I mean, all during that process and CNN did a special on us and, and Oprah came over and interviewed us. And we, we did, I mean, it was like a, a lot of stuff that happened that I believe was not us. I believe it was God. And so I just continue to walk in faith. And yeah, I mean, I definitely work at what I do and I, I try to educate myself as best I can. But ultimately, he's, call, he's calling the shots there. Any comments on the uh, tricks to getting the art of fulfillment? How does Bill keep himself happy with getting all these rentals and building all this wealth? But how does he keep stay grounded? Well, I think the you know, the thing that I really mention on my podcast on a regular basis is that, you know, when you're doing well, I think it's time to give back. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And, and that's kind of where podcasts kind of came from is I, I kept running into all these folks that were retired or approaching retirement and they were scared and they're kind of going, we don't have the money to do this. And so 
I just, I would advise people all the time. I, you know, they'd call me and they say, well, I want to do this, but, and so I ended up talking to so many different people. I finally just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to start blogging. I started blogging. It turned into a podcast and now it's just, you know, it's free information. People can hear my story and the things that are happening much in the way that it sounds like your podcast is, you know, you're sharing the successes as well as, as well as the failures. You're bringing on good people that with, great information that people can use and that's that's part of that giving process and and the same way you know that's what Haiti is to us too and and I, and I seem to that fulfillment is achieved most when you're you're really making a difference in other people's lives and and so to me you know that's that's really that's really where it kicks I mean if you're just there to you know to get yourself the latest Lamborghini and so forth uh, you know I'm sure there's plenty of listening going yeah you know <laughs> I mean uh, you know, that's just uh, to me, you know, I have been there, done that. And I really feel that uh, I, I don't know that the place where you really see it is when, when a person's life has changed and you were you know, a part of that process. It, it, to me, there's nothing more fulfilling. I went to lunch with this one kid and he was like, he's like in his 20s and he was like, yeah, and I'm going to buy these turnkey rentals. And yeah, my whole life is going to change. And yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's there's a lot to it, you know. I, I had a real education on the turnkey rentals too. I mean, I didn't really go into it, but you know, it didn't turn out as great as um, as I thought it would. It was actually just kind of a fiasco. But I, but you know, I recovered from it. I learned from it, and and uh, still did okay. But you, you know, you have to be realistic when you do this. There are some challenges, and you got to be ready for them. But you know, I look forward to those things. You know, I, I think we almost have to embrace our failures and a lot of people are so afraid to fail and there's all this fear that goes into the whole decision about you know getting involved in real estate investing as a means to survive and you know we just we can sit there in that place of fear forever i actually you know when i go to those fearful places and i say okay let's 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 do it you know and i learn more in that process by confronting those fears and even experience and, and being in the midst of one of the worst fears, you know, oh, my gosh, everything's going to fall apart. It's going to collapse. And, you know, I, I, I learn a lot in those process, in that process. And I think I think that's really where where you got to go, you know, because that's part of the adventure, too, is uh, learning it. You know, like I, like I mentioned to you, you know, offline before, you know, I, you know, in Haiti, you know, we've we've I've had a dengue fever and malaria at the same time. I've had attempted kidnappings, I, uh, you know, hurricanes, earthquakes. I mean, been through all these things and these challenges. And, you know, the so many incredible things came out of the worst possible situations because we weren't afraid to go where no man should go before, you know has gone before you know i mean because we, we we just we just move forward and we just said you know we're we're going to take this on regardless of what the the challenges are and boy you know you learn so much more when you do confront a challenge or a fear and then you overcome it oh that's pretty inspirational i'm going to do some crossfit right now bill <laughs> <laughs> actually i don't do any crossfit anymore i <laughs> Gave that up a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I think I'd throw my back. Great, but, great yeah. things happen outside your comfort zone. Yeah, they do. They really do, and that's and that's really where it comes. You know, you can, uh, you know, like some of these folks I've talked to, you know, that are that are retired, that are you know clipping coupons, and and they're you know they're just like, well, if I did that, you know, this is our nest egg, and I. I hate to even take any of it and invest it, and you know, I'm saying, well, then don't. You know, use other people's money, and I could give you 
a ton of books that can show you how to do that where you don't have to even touch your nest egg and well yeah but then what if I disappoint the per-? you know and then there's like always, there's always the well you know and that's really and, you know are you really happy sitting there clipping coupons and, and trying to survive on the, the money that you have or do you can you use an extra 500 bucks? Can you use an extra couple thousand? Can you use, you know, 5,000 extra? It's not that difficult to do with real estate investing. It really isn't. I always tell them, well, I'm not going to go back and forth with this excuse train. Tell me what's going to happen 5, 10, 15 years in the future. And is it that what you want? What is your goal? Because if you don't want that, something's got to change. And you really need to, I know I'm not going to go back and forth. With yeah. Something's got to change. Well, that's it, and it's and it starts with your mindset. You know, it's really you've you've just got to uh, you got to realize, you know, that you you can you can live in that space forever, and some people do, and that's not where I want to be. You know, I've taken chances, I've won, I've lost, I've won, I've lost, but I think overall I've won more because I wasn't afraid to take the step. I think I need to get more patient, like you, Bill. Well, you know, I I don't know how patient I am. You know, it's like you know my time's limited here. You got a long time ahead of you. You know. Uh, I think that's the thing with with a lot of us old dogs here is that we're you know we're working on a different time frame. Yeah, I think uh, you know younger younger folks, you know, they they can work on a twenty year business plan, but you know we're we're looking five six years, you know, ten years. Not maybe we may not be dead then, but you know, I don't want to be ninety years old, you know, and and still be doing this. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I want to definitely be able to um, to enjoy it too. Yeah, you because know, you work, it kind of does take a, a bit in the beginning. You got to put some time into it, but once it's set up, and if you set it up right, then you can just enjoy it. And and that's uh, I think people deserve that at the end of having worked you know their 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 lives and worked hard and uh, earned the money to get where they are and and to be able to boom you know just to be able to enjoy it all right bill anything we missed uh you want to leave your contact information uh, our website's probably the best place to go and that's the old dogs rei network.com and you don't have to be 50 we somehow like we check ids at the door or anything you know i mean <laughs> we have a lot of people that listen that aren't 50 that are under 50 but because uh, we have some great guests on and, and people that uh, are those guys like you talk about that, you know, that have tens of thousands of units or what have you that, you know, share a lot of a lot of tidbits of, of wisdom and uh, that everybody can benefit from. But uh, old dogs, R-E-I network.com and dogs is spelled D-A-W-G-S. So old dogs, like the University of Washington football team. Yeah, there you go. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, that's the, probably the best place, and you can uh, write to me directly there. There's also just tons of free resources that people can access, and um, you know that's that's what it's there for. I'm not uh, here to make money on it. It's it really is meant to be a service. All right, thanks, Bill. Just got home from work. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.